just want to, before I get into it, is say, my husband and I started four churches with people, but I'm going to tell you what makes the difference. And this pastor has just tried to make us want to pray. Everything starts with prayer. If you want more of God, if you want church filled with the Holy Spirit, if you want uh, the Spirit in the music, if you want new people to come, it's not just going to be abracadabra. This pastor is telling us, let's pray. I can't make you want to pray. He can't make you want to pray. You know what makes you want to pray? is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that, amen. You can sit anywhere you want to. I'm not going to say the back row because some of the better Christians have sat on the back row. Anywhere you want to. But if your heart is not hungry and thirsty for God, you're not going to get nothing. And I can't give you that. And the only way, church, that we can make a difference in our families, in our friends, is to pray. That may seem like an old-fashioned thing, Georgia, but it's prayer that moves. And it's prayer that's going to move you. And it's prayer that's going to make you excited about what God's doing. And He can't give it to you. I can't give it to you. But the Holy Spirit can give it to you. And I'm going to tell you one way to pray, because I've gotten in that place before. And sometimes you feel like you can't pray. And you don't, you know, you just, Oh God, you know, let me tell you, say, Lord, make me hungry. Make me thirsty. I want more of you. I felt that tonight. More of God. And how do you get that? By desiring it. By fellowshipping with Jesus. And if you don't feel like where you're supposed to be, we can say, I want more of you, Lord, till midnight. But until something changes in your heart, in my heart, they're just words. And what's going to make the difference is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And if you're not there, say, Lord, I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying your relationship is not like it's supposed to be. And say, Lord, I want to, I want your hunger. I want to be thirsty. I want to eat of your word, oh God. I want to grow in strength. I just had an illness that took all of my strength. Sometimes we get like that in the Spirit. And the only way that we can get the strength, the joy of the Lord back in us is to eat the Word. Get the Word inside of you. And that is what is going to make the difference. I've been eating everything I, they put in front of me now. i got to stop, you know. Before I didn't eat, but that's how we ought to be hungry. If you're not hungry to read the Word, get to the altar sometime because you need something happening in your life. And He can't do it. 
He can give you all the good messages and he has some good ones. But you got to eat it. And you got to read the word. His reading the word isn't going to do nothing for you. It's your relationship. Pastor, I hope that's okay. But it is your relationship. He's got a relationship. But you can't walk, you can't come rub elbows with him and think you're going to get that relationship he has with Jesus. You have to cultivate that relationship. And if you have no desire to pray, shame on you. And ask Jesus to put that hunger and that thirsting in you, the Holy Spirit, and get back in the Word. Get back in the Word. Amen. Amen. I'm through now. But I had to say that. Amen. Amen. And the teaching tonight is on Peter. Man, I, you know, I can relate to Peter. I don't know about the rest of y'all. I can get real excited one minute and get to the heights of faith and I can get real discouraged into the depths of failure. What about y'all? And you can do it like in the same day, right? Maybe the same hour sometime. God uses ordinary people. He used Peter. And Peter was an ordinary man. He wasn't even a perfect man. You know, Jesus could have gone out looking for really good people. Look at the ones he picked. I'm going to do who's doing Saul. But you know, Peter was a gruff cussing, uneducated, boisterous, brass man. But you know, the men liked him. He was a fisherman. And he had a good personality. And that's who God chose. And he took Peter. He didn't leave him there. He went and he took Peter and he changed him. And then he was able to use him. Amen? Amen. And that's the same thing he's wanting to do with us. He wants us to just surrender to him and let him use us. How hard is that? We won't, you know, so many times we think, well, I got sin, I got, you got pride on the throne of your life. Get yourself off the seat and put Jesus there. And let's try to follow and listen to what he wants us to do. And I've already lost what I was going to say. But anyway, Simon was the son of Jonah, John, and he grew up in Capernaum on the north of the Sea of Galilee. And he and Andrew and his dad and probably there were other brothers were fishermen. And that's who God went and, and, and God, and he, when he walked up to him, he said, follow me. Wow. wow. Two words. That's all it says. Those are the first words that it says that Jesus said to Peter and Andrew, follow me. And he did. He laid those nets down. He laid those, <clears throat> he left his family And he followed Jesus. He didn't know where he was going, but he knew there was a calling in his life that he had to follow him. And uh, now let me me tell you something. I don't know about y'all daddies, but if I'd have been doing something, and especially like fishing, 
They had to be God-fearing people because when they followed them, they left the livelihood there for the daddy and the whole family, right? And we always worried, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What am I going to do? God, trust me, if God's calling you, he will take care of you. And he was introduced to the Lord by Andrew, and they were probably the first two apostles that were called by Jesus. His name was, was Simon, but Jesus renamed him Peter, which meant, was, was pronounced Petrus, which is rock, which means uh, part of a rock. He wasn't the rock. Jesus is the rock, but he was part of a rock. And it's also pronounced Cephas in uh, Syrian. Is that how, is it Syria? And so you have three times, three different names for this all Peter. And he became known as the Apostle Peter. You know, Simon fell off somewhere along the way. Uh, after calling Peter, uh, Jesus, Peter was married. He had children. And after he had, he, uh, Jesus had called him, he went to his house. The reason we know he was married because Jesus healed his mother-in-law. And then she got up and fed him. Amen? Might have been a purpose in all that. But they were out at a meeting, come home. She was sick. He prayed for her. She had a fever and she got up and fed him. But that's the first healing that I know of here. And so he was married. He had a family. Peter became one of the three closest apostles to Jesus. He became part of the inner circle. It was Peter... James and John. They were all fishermen. They were all boisterous. Remember, James and John were called the sons of thunder. And think of John being known as the, the apostle of love. That's the change that we can see that Jesus does in our lives. But Peter was in that, the, those, that close relationship with Jesus. You know, you've got... Everybody can be your friend... But there are a few that you just connect to. A few that you know are there when you're going to need them. And these were Jesus' three inner circles that he called. Peter was at the transfiguration of Christ and he saw him glorified on Mount Tabor. Now just imagine that. He, he went there, Jesus took him, James, and John there and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes got light. And there he was, the king of kings, you know. He was glorified, and Peter got to see that. He also saw Jairus' daughter healed. You know, I want something else we don't talk about too much, but Jesus walked on the water. We think, you know, you fall to the depths, and you got the highs. But you know, Jesus had sent the uh, disciples off and said, go to the other side. Well, he went on a mountain to pray. He wanted to be by himself with the Lord. Jesus prayed. Get that, and think about that a second. He prayed. He got with the Father. And so the wind started getting boisterous, and the, the sea started getting wavy, waving, whatever. And so Jesus starts walking back to the boat 
to see, see about the disciples. And when they saw him, they were terrified. And they thought they were seeing a ghost. And Jesus said, don't fear, be a good cheer, it is I. And Peter said, is that you, Lord? He said, yes. And Peter said, bid me to come, command me to come. He said, come. And Peter got out the boat and says he walked on the water. Wow, the height of faith. He walked. I hadn't read that on anybody else in the Bible. Somebody else might have walked on the water, but Peter walked on the water. But it didn't take him long to see the circumstances and the situations and the waves and the wind. And he started to sink and he said, Lord, help me, save me. And Jesus was right there, picked him up, and I think he didn't say it mean. He just said, oh, ye of little faith. Why'd you doubt? Peter, you were walking on the water. I think he was so excited about Peter walking on the water. Amen? And so that was one of the, you know, both. He walked on the water and then he... he, uh, started drowning. But anyway, Jesus was right there. In Matthew 16 and 18, Peter got the first revelation of who Jesus Christ was. Hey, this is big time important. They're uh, around Philippi, and Jesus said, who are the people out there saying that I am? And they said, some of them said, well, some of them say you John the Baptist some of them come back, said you're Elijah and different things. that They started names they was telling him what the people were saying. He said, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter jumped up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus got so excited. He jumped up and he said, Peter... Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Same way we get saved. Same way we're born again. A revelation of God. Peter got that first revelation. Man, that was great. But you know this same man, this same Peter, after Jesus was arrested which wasn't too long after that. He went into a garden to see what was going to happen to Jesus. But fear took over, and three times he denies him. The depth of failure. He just had the height of faith by the revelation. This man had got a revelation of who Jesus was, and yet he denied him three times in the garden. And Jesus had told him what was going to happen. And when he heard the cock crow, he went out and wept bitterly. Repentance came. Have you ever done that? Yes. I mean, I've done things sometime and I'd say, did I really say that? Yes. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, just had a wonderful church service, just had, you know, walking in the Spirit, everything's going good. And then you do something stupid. Doubt, fear. You forget who you are in Christ. And this is Peter went away and he wept bitterly. But you know, when Jesus 
was resurrected. He, before this time, he'd, met, he'd seen his disciples twice. This was the third time. Peter had gone back fishing, and so had some of the other disciples. I mean, it was over, I guess. What else is going to do? And they had fished all night. <clears throat> and Jesus was on the shore. And he had coals going. He was cooking for them. And he hollers out at them, said, Have y'all caught anything? And they said, No, we've been out here all night. He says, Throw your net on the right side. And they threw their net on the right side. And they got so many fish Peter, just so excited, he jumped off the boat and started swimming to the shore and pulling the nets in. But you know, Jesus had a purpose. He didn't want Peter and them out there fishing for fish. He wanted to make them fishers of men. And he brought, and when Peter got there and he's feeding them, he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's embarrassed, yeah, three times. And Peter said, you know I love you, Lord. He says, take care of my sheep. He says later, Peter, do you love me? He says, you know I love you, Lord. He says, well, feed my sheep. Jesus is restoring him. Third time he asked him. Three times he denied him, right? Three times Jesus asks him, do you love me? He was being restored. And again, after this, Jesus says, Peter, follow me. Lay it all down, Peter. I'm calling you to be a fisher of men, not a fish. And again, Peter laid it all down. Amen? Amen. 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 And, and, And Jesus loved him. There was repentance in Peter. You know, we may sin, but there's repentance. There's a time for repentance in our lives. And Jesus is just right there to make it all right. And then, am I going too long? Yes, I am, but I'm going to have to say this. On the day of Pentecost, Jesus told them, said, Don't go do anything till you get endued with power from on high. And they went to Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost and they were in the upper room and the Holy Ghost fell. Oh my gosh. And they got filled with the Holy Ghost. And where they were fearful before, where they were behind closed doors, Peter stood up. Amen. And he preached the first sermon. He had a boldness. That old temperament that he had that was fiery became bold for the Lord. 3,000 people got saved. What a sermon, Pastor. 3,000 people got saved. In the book of Acts 1 through 12, you'll find a lot of different things about people. They were healed by his shadow. There was an anointing that if he passed, people got healed. Handkerchiefs were sent out. Uh, to people that he had prayed or just touched his body. He preached to the Jews and then he brought the Gentiles in by Jesus' command. And in the book of Acts 1 through 12, I got to pull my paper up this way to see, so y'all excuse me. Peter, first, and I've already told you, filled with the Holy Ghost. He preached and 3,000 got saved. He healed a crippled beggar 
at the gate called Beautiful. Now, he preached that for me this morning. I had that down. But he said, Silver and gold have I none, Peter told him. But such as I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You may not have silver and gold either, but you got the Word of God. You got the name of Jesus. And it is what we need. Amen? Amen. He also confronted Ananias and Sapphira because they lied to the Holy Ghost about how he confronted them and they dropped dead at his feet. Now that's bold. You know, he did, God used him in many ways. He raised Darkus from the dead, baptized the Gentiles. The Jews were mad, but he baptized the Gentiles. And in chapter 12, he was jailed and was, was miraculously released. And that's probably why he didn't hang around Jerusalem much anymore. And after chapter 12, you don't find too much about Peter's ministry because God sends him off. And he makes about five journeys preaching the gospel and he ends up in Rome Rome, where he is going to be crucified. Leading up to Peter's death, most all of the apostles had been martyred. And I mean, he was hearing that about them one and the other, but he didn't back up. He kept on in boldness preaching about Jesus. From an arrogant, cocky man of thunder, Peter became a humble, willing, and obedient servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we want to be? Isn't that what we want to be? Even to death, he lived 65 years. In the last 33, he was faithful to preach and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. At Nero's command, the apostle Peter was crucified on June the 29th, 67 A.D., in the year of our Lord. He asked his tormentors to not... He didn't want to be crucified like his Lord because he didn't feel like he was worthy. And he asked them to turn him upside down. And that's how... History has that he was crucified. This lowly fisherman becomes a mighty fisher of men. A man that changed and shaped the world forever. And even is still doing it now through his writings. Brother Ron, first and second Peter in the book of Acts. And his witness to Mark who wrote the gospel of Mark. First eyewitnesses. He still, his voice is gone. He's still preaching and serving Jesus Christ. Jesus' first and last words were Peter, to Peter were, follow me. When he saw him, Jesus laid it down. Then he was back out fishing again. And Jesus, Peter, uh, Jesus called him in, restored him and said, follow me, Peter. And he did, with all his heart, with everything that he had. Peter was a man just like us. He was not anybody special, but he became special with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He went out and he did what God called him to do and everything else was behind him 
He put Jesus first. He put the kingdom first. And I just want to tell you tonight, church, we have all kind of things we want to, to put first. We think that's holy. My family, my finances, my home. Put Jesus first. And then He'll bring your family, your finances, everything that you need, everything that we're wanting. He says, He will give us even the desires of our heart. Hey, we serve a good God. We serve a great big God that loves you. And he's telling you tonight, follow me. Lay it all down like Peter did. And let's follow him. That's just not a good little saying. It's not just to preach good. It is for us to lay it down. Whatever is keeping us from getting more God. That, per- that song was perfect tonight. More of God. Yes. What is stopping us? Nothing but us. Nobody can stop us from getting what God's got for us. Amen. T, if you'll come play, if y'all want to sing. I want you to stop and think about it tonight. Are you following God wholeheartedly with everything that you got? Are we... Maybe just giving him a few leftovers? Are we keeping a lot of our daily routines and things that... You have to work. Now, don't get me wrong. Church can't afford to pay for everybody's bills, okay? So you got to have a paycheck, all right? So I'm not saying that. I'm talking about our will, okay? Our emotions... Love Him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might. And that means you love your neighbor as yourself. Because you can't love God without loving your neighbor. You can't love God without loving that husband or that wife that's tormenting you. You can't love God with all your heart if you have hate in it. So that's what I'm talking about tonight. Let's follow Him. Let's lay everything out. And let's then pray fast. Go out and witness to people and bring souls into the kingdom. George and I went to a funeral today and this woman was under my Pat and I's ministry for years. Ministered to her in prison, hospitals, my house, churches. But there comes a time you got to make choices. And you have to be born again. And you have to make a choice. And I don't know just how, what her, how her heart was with the Lord. I'm talking about your heart tonight. you got to make a choice. Do you want to serve God? He don't want part of you. He don't want just a little bit of you. He wants all of you. And he's serious about it too. Amen. So tonight, if you want to come up here and pray, if you want to come up here,